This is Off The Bench. The biggest names in Aussie sport are here every weekend. Welcome to Off The Bench, Jason Matthews. I hope your weekend is going really well so far. During the week, uh, Sats and I caught up with some big names in sport. And what we've done, we've grabbed you the best. And we're bringing them to you this weekend. We've got the Bennies, Benny Elias. Um, had a good chat about his footy playing career and also his business career. It's a great series we're doing at the moment for Officeworks. Uh, ben McDermott joined us uh, live from New Zealand ahead of the Aussies one day, or sorry, not one day, T20 match coming up on Monday. Brad Fittler, the New South Wales coach who's been out on his motorbike for the last two weeks. We caught up with Freddie uh, when he was in Albury. And we're also going to have a Kia tennis update for you as well. But right now, let's kick it off with this bloke. Uh, we're running a series of interviews, as you know, Sats, uh, over about a four-week period. Last week, we spoke to Ian Healy and we spoke to Tim Horan. Yep. And it's called Sports Stars of Small Business. I reckon we could probably pump these blokes up to a, a medium to large uh, enterprise. Large. Enterprise. Mm. Uh, let's get to work. Officeworks, helping you make bigger things happen. This guy played 234 games for the Tigers, 22 games for New South Wales, 14 tests for Australia. I reckon regarded as New South Wales' greatest hooker, now killing it in the business world. <laughs> this is the world, this is the biggest introduction to a guest ever. Benny oh. Elias, welcome to Sports oh. Day. Oh, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to talk to you Queenslanders up there. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, you've uh, had a bit of redemption again this year with State of Origin. It was the actual State of Origin that you couldn't lose, but my God, we seem to have done it, and you guys just never stop surprising us. Uh, it's always a joy. Now, Ben, if you take borders out of the out of the equation, and as a and I, I believe Hard. I believe you were the greatest hooker <laughs> the game's ever seen until Cam Smith came along. When you sit back as a as an ex hooker and watch Cam Smith play, what what do you marvel at at, at his game overall? Uh, everything. Yeah, <laughs> there's not a weakness in the bloke. I mean, honestly, he's been a, an absolute. Just phenomenal in every way, you know. Um, he, his ability week in, week out, his, his uh, leadership qualities. I mean, you, you'll see a bloke that has those qualities will be, they'll be successful after, after football. When he finishes and retires, and when no one, no one knows at the moment, but it's only a matter of a process where he'll, he'll contribute all of his assets on the football paddock that he's shown to everybody uh, in the business world. And um, he's a phenomenal bloke with regards to, his um his attitude his his way he approaches things he he starts working on Monday for for Sunday's game and you can see that in every way everything he does is so polished and uh, it's been a joy to watch the number nine for you know the last 14 15 years of his career well yourself you've transformed from player into business and done it very successfully and you're a calculated risk taker as a player are you the same in business. Well, in business, you've got to, yeah, it's all about calculating. And, and, and that's it, that's you. You're spot on. You, you've got to have a look, do your homework. We call it in, in business due diligence. They call it in business. Uh, you do the same in football. And the greatest thing I learned when I was a 10-year-old kid, there was, I, had, oh, I was very fortunate to have two very clever coaches. And, and they said that, that, that football is almost exactly like the business world that we live in. And, uh, and it's so eerie. And even to today, at my age of 57 years of age, so long down the track, it's so true that, you know, you prepare Monday for Sunday's game. And if you haven't, well, you're going to get yourself um, absolutely walloped on, on, on game day. And uh, you do your homework, you do all your, you know, you, you work hard, you, you discipline yourself. 
you, uh, you motivate yourself, you set yourself goals as a great footballer. You have all these facets that are so so identical to, to the business world. And when I finished playing football, I started to ap- you know, apply those exact things to, that, that, you, uh, that you became a successful footballer. I mean, when you reach the top of your, of your game, when you play for Australia, you look at the qualities that got you there. And I applied exactly the same thing to the business world. And let me tell you what, anyone, everyone listening right now, just take that on board and you look at the great sports people or the great people who have been successful in their field and the one thing that's the most common denominator is called hard work. You know, mm. you've got to roll the sleeves up, you've got to sacrifice, you've got to motivate, you've got to prepare, you've got to have teamwork, you've got to understand the strengths and weaknesses of the people around you uh, and most importantly, you know, you've got to have that most important ingredient which is called hard work and if you do that, you're 95% of the way. Benny, did you finish rugby league? And uh, there's two parts to this question. Did you finish and get straight into the business world? And did rugby league help you with that? And secondly, what businesses yeah. are you in at the moment? I mean, property is one of them. What else have you been doing? Well, I've been in property all my life. I'll give you a funny story. I, all my life I've been in property. My father said to me, son, you can't play football for the rest of your life. There's a, you've got a, a span of good 10 years at, at, at best. If you're lucky, you don't get too, too injured. So there's life after football. And what I did, he said, mate, go and invest in property and get someone in there to rent it out and they'll pay it off for you. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, bought, I was very fortunate. I, I, I got a small little contract at Balmain way, way back in, uh, in, in the early 80s and I put the money into a, into a house, which I still got today. And uh, I've just knocked it down and built 38 units on it. Jeez. So, <laughs> it's, 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 it's phenomenal because, you know, there is no, there, there is no investment like property. Yeah. And if, I, I challenge anyone 10 years ago that property they're living in today would be way more less expensive. And 10 years before that, that actual property would have been even less more expensive. And 10 years before that, it just only goes one way. If there are dips and you're able to, to carry those dips – you're not going to go wrong because it's always going to continue to grow, grow, grow. And you have a look at the very wealthy people today in, in, in Australia, the Harry Trigger boss who owns Meriden Apartments, mm. you know, the Lang Walkers of the world. I mean, these people are extraordinary. They're huge. They're billionaires. And, and they just go to the stratosphere of, of, of having a gamble here, there and everywhere. But they're very strategic gambles because they know the numbers, they've done their homework, and then they invest. And, uh, the best advice I can give to the people out there listening is do exactly that. Always respect someone who's done well, ask them for their advice, and then, you know, see if you can afford to hang on to it. You'll be really, really, I, I can only only give advice that I think that you'll do very well. What else are you in, Benny, and, and apart from about, property? What else? Well, I started off in mobile phones yeah, whilst I was too. playing That's football. Right. Mm. There you go. I, uh, I was very fortunate. I had uh, I ended up having 42 mobile phone stores nationally when mobile phones were on the growth, on the up and up. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those strategic things that you look at and you have a look at the opportunity and the potential. And I thought, wow, this is just phenomenal, you know. And it, I was very fortunate to have a very good business partner in the uh, in the game who could look after it whilst I was playing football. And when I got out of football and I had a chance to play uh, Super League and that um, the Townsville, the Townsville mob off North Queensland offered me a three-year contract, which was double more than any money I ever made in my life. The business was too good, and I thought, well, you know, what do I do? Do I go up there and take the guaranteed money, or do I invest 
in this long-term future of, of telephony. Well, I took the option, the second option. I said no to the, I said no to it, and I focused my energies into the mobile phone. You know, if you try and do everything, yeah. it won't happen. Yeah, you right. focus on something and you keep your mind on it and you love it, it'll do very well. Great so I, I ended up selling that in the early 2000s, and then, of course, there was no more growth. I mean, there were 18.5 million people who were using mobile phones, and a mate of mine said, mate, there's no more growth in this game. And I thought, you know what, you're right. So I sold my uh, entity, did fairly well, and um, then I got into uh, into property again in a, in a much bigger way, in a development way, and I, I enjoy that. So... But now, recently, my, my recent cornerstone investment, I've just got into it in quite a big way, uh, drones. You know, the drones yeah. that fly up in the yep. air there? Yep. Yeah. Well, drones have become... A, a mate of mine has, has a fairly big drone company. I looked at the opportunity, needed to expand. It was growing quick. So I've invested in that and looked for technology of what I think becomes essential. And, you know, we're doing now... We're, we're doing... Um, we're doing a... A... a, 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 a um, and a, a project for for a company which I can't say because they've got a, a confidentiality, but it's delivering pizzas to people's doorsteps by using a by using a drone. Unbelievable! So, I mean, you look at the opportunities there, and you think, <laughs> my God, where will this go? This where where will this go? But the the great the, the great example is is for people in remote areas, in remote country areas, where you can send medicine to these people, where you can fly a drone for two hours out somewhere out in the middle of the never-never and drop off their medicine and fly the drone back. That's and incredible. That is just a... It's incredible. Mm. And you have a look at the different opportunities here. You look at it. You, you, you weigh up your, your dollars and cents to see what you can afford, what you can only afford to, to invest. And if you think you can afford to do it, we'll then go for it. And uh, it's the best advice I can give. Yeah. Now, Benny, being in sports, we've got the opportunity to meet a lot of people and, and network. How and how successful yeah. has networking been for you? Well, Sats, I know you're a very successful man in your own right, and um, you've done very well, and you've done, and it's great. And congratulations, because yeah, you've just hit the, the probably the best question you could ask me is networking. When you have the ability to to reach out to so many people, networking is the most. I, I tell my kids actually, the greatest asset you can have is networking. Go and find something that you love, and go and find out people who are in that. In that, in that in that game, and then try and get in front of those people and to network. Like Sats, my son, he he now you know he's working in the uh, in the drone business because of, of the investment, but he really enjoys it. So I you, you go you reach out to people in the aviation as much as you can, and you ask these people, and and it's called networking. You know, it's it's uh, it, it's it's an, it's such an exciting and underestimated. Uh, facet of, of business is networking because if you can get to Peter, you get to Paul, you get to Mary, you get to Jane, and finally you get to the right person. Well, then all of a sudden you've got you know you, you've got a, a real good shot of the title of getting your thing, your, your product sold to that person mm. or, or, or investing in that in that business. So networking is essential. It's such an important. Uh, it's something you can't touch. Yeah. You know, you can't touch or see a, a networking, you know, you, and, and it's like love and faith and hope. These are the things you can't touch, which are the most underestimated facets of, of, of success. And that's what we uh, we do in, in the game of networking. When you're a footballer, you've got the ability to be op- so open to the wide range of people who want to sit down and say good day. And you say, look, I, you know, a bloke like Blocker Roach says, Blocker, Blocker says, mate, look, you know, he's talking to somebody. 
in the um, you know in the industry that he likes, which is is calling the football, and one leads to another, and the next thing you're talking to the CEO because he wants to sit down and have uh, a coffee with Blocker Roach. That's called networking, and and that is a very very good secret to success. Now, before we let you go, we we've got to ask you. I mean, you just stole my thunder actually about Blocker. In the Daily Telegraph on the weekend, they had the top ten fighters in rugby league. And can you believe your man, who was very special to you, big Stevie Blocky Roach, he wasn't in the yeah. top ten. Yes, mate. Well, mate, they don't know what they're talking about, are they? <laughs> I mean, these, these, these blokes are probably just, it was probably Buzz Rothfield, who's never fought, a, fought in his life. Probably. So, mate, if you want to ask people who are, who are the best fighters, go and ask the people like the Jeff Hardings, the Jeff Fenix of the world, and, you know... The, the Danny Greens, they're the people who know who can fight. Mm. Mate, go and ask. You don't go and ask Buzz Rothfield or or Paul Kent or Benny Eichen to, because they haven't been in the game. Benny, they haven't I, me- been in the ring. I remember there's a game you guys played South one day and, and Blocky and Les Davidson went hammer and tong. Oh, mate, mate. You know, mate, I back Blocky every day of the week, twice on Sunday. <laughs> and, and a very, very close, a very, very close second is Les Davidson. Mate, yep. Bundy... But mate, he could throw him. My goodness, he could throw him. And, and mate, it was always a, it was always a spectacle. He always knew the blocker and Bundy were always going to have it one on one. But mate, there was one bloke that absolutely punched one of our players, Gary Jack, into the next century. Yeah. Was Ian Roberts? Yeah. My God! Yeah, wow. He, he wasn't gave in him there that well. many lefts. He gave him that many lefts. Jimmy Jack was up begging for a right because he was just pounding. <laughs> and I saw the face of Gary Jack the next day in the paper, and I've never seen a bloke more beaded around the face than I did that, that Gary Jack. So oh, that's good. I don't think, uh, but, but, but mate, there's three blokes straight up the front who are the top 10, without yeah, a doubt. There yeah. you go. No question. Well, Les Davidson, we know, listens to us every night uh, here on Sports Day, so he'll love that, Benny. And before we let you go, one of the oh, other things. It. One of the other things we're yeah. talking about tonight is uh, the best-looking uh, rugby league player of all time. And, E.T. E.T.'s yeah, <laughs> been thrown up. You didn't even have to think about oh, that. Oh, Sats has thrown oh, up mate, Ryan I... Girdler. Yeah, yeah, no, no, E.T. Got, got it all over. No yeah. good-looking bow main players back e. in the day? Mate, E.T.'s as good-looking as Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's the best looking bloke I've ever seen. Mate, I'm not gay, but if I was, he was my roommate. He was my roommate in 1990. This is no book. We've been away from home for nine weeks. Like, we're thinking, oh my God. He comes home and he's walking around the bedroom. And I go, oh my goodness. You couldn't look at a more perfect species in my life. Not in any sexual way, but just a good looking man. All right. Beautiful looking man. When it comes to the business world, there's no better species than you, Benny Elias. No, 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 no. He may have the looks, mate, but you've got the brains on this occasion. You've won. He's a good man, mate. He's a wonderful human being. And uh, I'll tell you what, that bloke Satch was a good looking dude too in his days. Yeah, something's going wrong. He hasn't aged well, has he? You're a good style of a bloke, mate. You've been in the top 10. Who are your top 10 in the rugby league world? Uh, We should put the top 10 together, yep. Put the top, put the top ten good-looking blokes. Then you put the ten ugliest heads of all, of, of all times. You know, you got you got Sigsworth and Tommy Radonikus, 
Blocker. You, you can't take Gavin Miller out of the joint. Yeah. You got the fug, you got the you got the fuglies. You got the fuglies and the beauties. We'll do that. Come on, we're actually going to do your listeners. We're going to do the do the we're doing the top ten good lookers tonight, and we'll do the top ten as you yeah, put it, not? fuglies tomorrow night. Okay. The fuglies. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye out. Benny Elias, uh, love your work, God mate, you. and congratulations on everything you've achieved. Well done. Oh no, it's fun, mate. Our, you know, our, our our wealth is our health. Never, ever, ever forget it. That is our greatest asset. Is our is our health. And for all you listeners out there, stay healthy, strong, and go the mighty Blues next year. We'll come back and grab you. Bye bye. Jeez, if I was ET, I'd be I'd be keeping a lookout for Benny oh, Elias. You know, imagine being in a room with Benny. You wouldn't oh, get a word in, would you? God no. love him. What a great bloke and I a great him. success in business and. And to be able to talk to him and get some time with him today was wonderful. This is Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Benny McDermott is touring with the Aussies over in New Zealand at the moment for the T20s, a kickoff on Monday. G'day, Benny. G'day, guys. How are you going? Yeah, good. Now, I guess you're riveted to know as well what you and I have in common. We are Lindisfarne cricketers. Benny plays club cricket for Lindisfarne and Hobart. And you know, Sats, I have the record for nine ducks in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they've really developed some amazing cricketers over the time, haven't they? Benny, you're the one that's the shining light from Lindisfarne. How are you? Thanks for joining us on on Sports Day. Yeah, no worries. Anything for a tall fight. Mate, well, listen, we've got to stick together. Um, uh, The tour, well, the series kicks off on on Monday. You must be happy to be back into the side uh, to strengthen... Uh, the middle order. Um, this is pretty important as a bit of a tune-up as we head towards the uh, the World Cup in India this year. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for someone like me to come back in with, with some of the big boys out. Um, test or used to be test duties, but um, yeah, that's obviously been postponed, which is um, yeah, bring, bringing myself into the, the, the squad, which is really nice to be back in these colours and, and hopefully get a go. But it's got like yeah, it's going to be a tough uh, tough top five to crack into. That's for sure. It's always been a difficult place, New Zealand, uh, Benny, as a batter, especially because there are always a lot of green tops, a lot of green on the wicket. Intense, anticipating that for the the upcoming upcoming five T Twenty games. Oh, I'm used to that, mate. Batting down in, in yeah. at Bell Reef. I'm used to the green top, <laughs> but um, nah, um, I'm sure they'll be nice wickets to, to create big sixes and good spectacles for the fans, mate. So no, no worries there. Hopefully we can we can just do just that and, and put some into the crowd. Now, one of the stars from the uh, the BBL, of course, was Josh Phillippe, Player of the Year. Do you feel his T20, his T20 form will warrant a uh, selection in this first game? Um, I think so, mate. Yeah, I think he's um, obviously batting batting really well, and he's, he's an up and coming uh, gun player. Oh, he's a gun player. So, um, yeah, like you said, he's, he's won our Player of the Tournament, um, which yeah, I think should get him in. I, I'm not sure, but. I'm not the selector, but I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll assume that he'd play and um, and and sure do really well as well. You can, mate. Don't um, I mean you had a sensational year, Philippe, but you had a pretty good one as well, mate. Your BBL season for for year ten, four hundred and two runs. Have a listen to this stats: strike rate of one hundred and forty, thirty six and a half average, and a top score of ninety six. That was a pretty good season, Ben. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the best season I've ever had um, for the Hurricanes, which is yeah, really nice to, to put to put our, our team in, in some winning positions. Um, but yeah, like it's, yeah, in saying that, probably uh, really disappointing year for us at the same time, sort of getting pushed out of the finals. So 
um, yeah, I mean, it's probably the best year I've had, and I'm really happy with the way that went. But yeah, as yeah. a team's point of view, it was um, a little bit disappointing. You know, the thing that fascinates me is that Ben McDermott Sats is the only McDermott not to be a fast bowler. Yeah. So Alistair Fast, uh, Billy the Kid, your old man, mate, was one of my heroes and definitely one of Sats' mm. heroes. Like watching him run in the. Uh, in the 80s and the 90s and the bowl, particularly against the Windies and all those sorts of teams. Why are you the wicketkeeper, mate? Was that your job in the backyard? That's all right. That's all I do. You bet me do it. That's what I normally say. Someone's going to catch those balls and bat to them. <laughs> Incredible. What was it like in the backyard with your old man? Was he coming in off a, a long run off the back fence? Like, did, did he, did he, you know, take it easy on you boys growing up or did he just let it rip? Um, well, last time I, I, I just recall, um, he popped his Achilles <laughs> trying to run between the wickets when he tried to play a game with me. So, <laughs> post then, it hasn't been very smooth sailing for the old boy, and he's just had a, a knee reconstruction as well. So, <laughs> he's definitely not popping off the back fence now. But yeah, no, he used to he used to give it a little bit, but I'm sure uh, nowhere near as much as as when he used to. It's been, um, yeah, he's a Watching, watching a few of the, the highlights of the, the, the test or the great tests or whatever they're called on the Fox Sports. Um, yeah, it's some good viewing, but yeah, never do start for me. Can you, can you imagine the backyard at the McDermott's? Billy coming in, Craig McDermott coming off the long run, the zinc cream all over the nose, that's bowling to the kids. That would be... That is that would be the most amazing sight. I actually changed my form, my bowling form, to try and replicate. Oh, did you? Craig McDermott as a kid. Yeah. Now, everyone watched the the, the test, which is a fantastic documentary uh, on Amazon, and I'm I'm pretty pretty sure you would have watched it as well, Benny. Now, what I took out of that is that uh, Justin Langer seems like a really good coach. Um, Usman Khawaja was a highly intelligent and, and potentially a really good leader. And out of that also, I, I, I took that Adam Zamper is a real weird cat, <laughs> his interactions with uh, Marcus Stoinis. <laughs> now, is that a fair assessment? I've got to be careful what I say. That Zorba is um, he's across, across the room from me. We're all on the same, same floor, so I don't want to speak too badly about Zorba. No, but he's, he's a great man, Zorba. Yeah, like, yeah, great coach, Daniel. And um, I never had much to do with him. I sort of left Queensland as, as he was coming in. Um, but yeah, he's um, obviously a very intelligent guy and a very um, intelligent cricketer and, and player. So um, yeah, I enjoyed that doco. It was really good. Yeah, it was. Um, what I really miss as a as a former rugby league player is is touring with your teammates, whether it's uh. one night or it's an end of season trip, whatever it may be. Have you identified the most annoying tourist yet within the side? Oh, it'd have to be Matthew Wade. Oh, really? Matty um, Wade? He's always got plenty to say. Fellow fellow Tasmanian, so he's, he's always quick to get stuck into me in, in, in anything that we do. So he's probably might might got my like the most annoying, closely followed by Ryan Meredith. Oh, wow. See, see, Matty Wade, it's a whole small man syndrome, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, but he's, but he's, the, he's the vice <laughs> captain, so he can't give it back exactly to him. Right. Can you? So he's kind of got you between a rock and a hard place, mate. And it's it's interesting, all the Tasmanians, all the boys who play for Tassie are the ones who are, are the annoying uh, travel mates. Listen, mate, we're going to let you go. Uh, good luck. When do you find out if you're in the team to play on Monday against the Kiwis? I've found out, mate, but I've, I've been not 
explore, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that for, for the for the for the, the game, the match day. All right. <laughs> what do you reckon, Sam? I can't read between the lines. I'm there. saying he's in. I'd love to rob a bank with him because he's not giving away <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying he's in. I'm going early. I'm saying that's why he knows. If you don't know, they don't tell you the bad news, yeah. do they? Yeah. True. So, and then because everyone else knows who's in. So, you're in, mate. Congratulations. Uh, we'll be watching you on Monday. Benny, Benny McDermott, um, thanks for your time, mate. Say hello to that old man of yours and probably a good time to play some backyard cricket uh, at the moment with his. Oh, he's got a new knee now, hasn't he? No worries, mate. Take care. This is Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Badge on holidays back uh, March 1. I think he's at some over 60s caravan park on the south coast of New South Wales. Mobility with his, scooter. With, yeah. his, with his Zimmer frame <laughs> and his mobility scooter. Speaking of scooters, well, bigger than a scooter, this bloke's riding around New South Wales, uh, raising awareness and some funds for a good cause. Freddie Fitler. Brad Fitler, welcome to Sports Day. Afternoon, Chase. Sats, how are you? Yeah, we're good, mate. Really you're, good, you're, mate. You're doing your Hogs motorcycle road, which is, have a listen to this, Sats, covering 5,000 Ks and 24 regional New South Wales towns in 10 days to support local communities and promote rugby league participation. That's a long time on a motorbike, Freddie. Well, my motorbike looks like a lounge on wheels, so <laughs> I wouldn't feel sorry for me. It's actually quite pleasant, especially the roads we go on in, Schubert. And I and Heine actually started this about nine years ago. Mm. So this is our ninth year doing it. And, um, yeah, the Harleys we ride are, yeah, I wouldn't feel sorry for us. But what I've got to say is, so over the nine years, it's just got further and further in drought. And obviously, it was last year. And I've got to say, it's just looking as green and as lush as it ever has. So there's a little bit of uh, prosper here for some people in the near future. It's looking absolutely beautiful. So, so you mentioned last year, Freddie. Did you get to do it last year or not? And if not, it would have been great to, to get back on the on the bike and, and take off again with some ex-players? Yeah, absolutely. No, we missed out. So we normally do like a, a about a two-week trip, which we're doing at the moment. Yep. But we didn't get the chance. So we did a couple of three-day trips and just went down to some isolated areas. But, yeah, this is, uh, this is what we normally do, 10 to 14 days, you know, just punching out clinics. We're here with Gus Wallen. So okay. Uh, he's got a charity, Gotcha for Life. So we go and talk to like year 11 and 12 students mainly, just about uh, he's you know about having friends and having proper conversations when needed, and then we just talk about you know getting the basics right, you know, just being a bit hydrated and getting out and having a go and being fit and healthy. And you know, we give every kid a footy we see as well. So it's about. 4,000 new footies running around New South Wales at the moment. Yeah, I love how passionate the regional kids are when they see their, their footy heroes come out. And is it all the the usual suspects following you, Fred? Yeah, so now we've got uh, we here. Obviously, got Luke Lewis. He's a first timer. Both got uh, been on for a couple of years. Heine's going to be there tonight, apparently, and Steve Menzies. So uh, Heine's getting a bit too busy at the moment. He's just the media. <laughs> Yeah, he's just become the media. I won't say what the media, uh, darling, darling. <laughs> yeah, we understand uh, how busy. Yeah, he, he was here. Yeah, he was here from the start. So it was pretty much his idea just about getting back out to the bush. Uh, we spoke to Luke Lewis last week. Actually, and talked about mental health and that, particularly the kids. And he was surprised by a lot of the questions he was getting from kids and talking about issues they have at home. How, how are the smaller communities in these regional centres in the bush coping with COVID 
uh, Freddie. How, how are the kids and, and the adults handling it? Well, I think when you see statistics and data, it says that some kids aren't handling it well. But uh, speaking to some people at Albury here, they, a lot of parents sort of sort of brought their community a little bit closer. And, you know, no one really looked to go anywhere because you weren't allowed to. So, uh, you know, some towns grew a little bit tighter, which is a fantastic sign. But you know, all in all, over the last year, the statistics around suicides and anxiety and, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, mm. we live in the best country in the world, but we have more people here per capita that commit suicide. It's the number one way if you're a male to die through suicide. Mm. It's insane. So with the Hogs for the Homeless and, and raising money, like we're saying, for a great cause, Freddie, how, is there an aim, is there a target that you try and aim for each year? No, so in the, the first eight years, we used to raise money for Father Chris Royal yep. Youth off the streets. And, you know, I think when you're, when you're targeting and highlighting homelessness, uh, I think what we realise is you need to go the other way and get the kids while they're young and just try to teach them about, you know, some strategies around when they do get stressed out. Mm. So that's the big thing we talk about, you know. Just those basic stuff, like just breathing when you're under pressure. You know? If you feel you're not overwhelmed and not wigging out and you can just teach yourself just to breathe, you know, take a couple of seconds out and, you know, I think things won't overwhelm you. So, you know, but they seem to be attentive. We talk a lot about mobile phones, you know. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, you know a hater of social media, so I don't think a lot of the kids realise what it's actually doing to them. So, yeah, I give my spin on that. They just look at me like I'm an old dinosaur, though. <laughs> some old bloke. But, um, yeah, some old bloke that wouldn't know what wouldn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's true, but, though. Um, it's yeah, true. They're, they're, they're dire, mate. Phones are dire. Well, you've, I mean, you've got two young kids yourself. I mean, they're, they're teenagers now, Fred, and I think one might be out of the teens, aren't they? Your daughter, Demi? I'm not quite yeah. sure. but daughter's there, Demi, 17. Okay, so. so have you used the same tools with them when you see them getting through their teenage years, the, the same values you're talking about now with, with your own children? Absolutely. Um, I just try to leave it up to them to make their own decisions on what they do, but I just make sure I feed them all the information about um, what it does and, you know, what it does to your self-esteem, what it's doing to your brain, you know, how it's just, you know, pretty much sucking the life out of you and they yep. feed you, you know, their information they want to feed you constantly. It's just, you know, it's, it's, if you watch the movie of human beings in a moment, how they are refined, you just think they're idiots. Mm. And then we sort of just turn into zombies, you know. But, you know, and I don't think we've been very unfair to our kids, you know, throwing them these objects. So, anyway, but, yeah, I do. I, I just give them the info stats and I... I just ask them to make the decision. So, but uh, my daughter's very good. She doesn't do any social media. My young bloke does a little bit. So, <laughs> I, uh, I challenge him sometimes. Yeah, good stuff. Now, I'm sure when you're out there, everyone's going to ask you rugby league questions with the season not far away. Is there, is there a team on paper, Fred, that you that looks pretty good for for 2021? Well, at this time, you always go to Dave Middleton. He knows better than anyone. <laughs> so he, he thinks the Raiders. He's on the Raiders. Yeah, I'm the same. So, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, you got to. You've got to think with their maturity. If they get a bit of luck, they've got their hooker back. Uh, I still think Penrith can improve and yep. may do better. And then your other side, I think Melbourne, the Roosters. Um, yeah, the South Sydney, I think, do well. As, you know, they'll do yep. well. So, But, you know, I think I'm with Meadow at the moment. I stick with Meadow always at the start of the year. Yeah. Now, now before we let you go, Fred, and, and when it comes to origin, um, and we spoke about it last week with the Payne Huss situation. I know how strong you are with your values when it comes to wearing a blue jersey. Does something like that with Payne Huss, I know it's a long way away, Origin. As an Origin coach, would you go and talk to or make contact with Payne surrounding what happened um, late well, last year? I'm not sure he won't get a chance. Yeah, I'm not sure he won't get a chance. I'll send some messages. Uh, you know, he's 
at the moment trying to build the trust back yeah. with the Broncos. He's, he's obviously put on everyone under a lot of pressure. You know, he's under a lot of pressure himself. I think everyone is aware of what, what he's going through at the moment. He's about to have a young kid and all these things going on in his life. So, um, you know, I just, I've only ever known to be a quiet, respectful kid, you know, or a young man. And I was really surprised when I heard what happened. So, um, yeah, he's just going to have to work hard and get everyone's trust back. All right, Freddie Fittler coming to us from Albury uh, this afternoon. Freddie, if we uh, want to get involved and we're not in these towns, is there anything we can do? Is it we go to Gotcha for Life? Yeah, well, at the moment he's doing a fantastic job, Gus. He's not yep. seeing all the kids. So uh, yeah, if you find a way to support Gotcha for Life, but the real key, is, I think, is just talking to your kids about these phones, get out and kick a footy with them. That's, yeah. that's the message we send, and you know that's that's the secret is. Uh, yeah, Gus talks about it's the disease of loneliness, suicide. So grab your kids and go and throw a footy around. Sounds like a good idea, Freddie. Thank you for joining us on Sports Day tonight, mate. Thanks, Freddie. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, some good points made there by Freddie Fitler. I've got 13-year-old twin girls, as you know. Yeah. And, mate, we are all over their social media. We let them have it because that's how kids communicate. Do they right? have – do your girls, Jace? do they have a, a time limit or – Yeah, they yeah. do. They do. Screen no, time? And, like, they go to bed. They go to, uh, this is probably going to bore people, but they go to bed at 8.30. Yep. 8.30, 9 o'clock on a, on a school night because they're in year eight in high school now. And they've got to read. And they've got to leave their phones downstairs with us so they can't take their phones to bed. On the weekend, we give them a bit more time. But they use, the problem is they use this thing to communicate and sometimes they get stuck on there. You and I, we hate social media. Yeah. You know, and that's because I want to – we, us adults, want to tune out and not have – you know, I want to go home, put the TV on and watch something on Netflix. Yep. I don't want to be on my phone all day. I'm on you it know, all day. You listen to Freddie talk. And, you know, he's always been a bit of a, a different cat and he's very yep. unique and he's always – always uh, dance to the beat of his own drum, Fred. But you can see as a guy, as a coach, how how much of a calming influence he has. Just listening to him there, making some valid points. Even his thing about Payne Huss. Exactly. He's got to sort out his thing at the issues at the Broncos first. I'm not going to put more pressure on him by calling him and whatever it may be, but he, he makes a lot of sense when he yeah. talks. And um, he's, there's some really pertinent messages there. And, and he wasn't just saying the Raiders because of Badge. He's not here. Yeah. But we've been saying that too. Yeah. They've got some death this year. Yeah. And we love Ricky, and Ricky's happy to stand players down this year who aren't perform well, who aren't doing the right thing off the field. Mm. So uh, it was great to have Freddie on the show. Go the Blues! This is off the bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Yeah, you've got Jason Matthews off the bench. Hope your weekend's going well. Scotty Sattler uh, with me as well as we do uh, Australian Open tennis update. It's open season of care, match-winning deals, and Australia's best seven-year warranty. We had the women's final uh, Saturday night and, of course, the men's on Sunday night. But uh, Barty knocked out during the week. That was that was di- disappointing, wasn't it, Sats? It was. Um, the tactics that were used by Muchova, uh, at one stage, yeah, they were calling, they were uh, pronouncing her name. Was it Mud? Mubarova. Mubarova. Yeah. So but, now it's back to Mubarova, okay. which is this had spelt. Yeah, the the Czech player, and she was outstanding against Bardia. She beat her comprehensively, taking that ten minute break uh, for what she was saying is overheating, feeling like she was a bit distressed and lightheaded. It's within the rules of the game. You're allowed to do it. And while yeah. you're allowed to do it, you may as well take it. So, ask Bardi to her credit, she didn't use it as an excuse because, as the number one player in the world. Jay, she's a number one player because she's tough, she's resilient, she's composed in pressure situations. She should have just reassessed 
refocus, rechecked herself and gone again. She was a break point up, or about to go to a break a break point, um, but was was unable to to grasp the occasion. So, you know, and there was one stage there when she uh, that Machova approached the net. Um, Ash hit a really hard forehand, and Machova at the net, nice little backhand, and it di- it didn't go too far away from Barty. Barty had to chase it, mm. but she pulled out halfway mm. through, and we know that she's been carrying that. I think it's the left leg injury high up in the quad or whatever it may be, the hamstring. Don't know what it was, but that said to me that she wasn't a hundred percent. She oh. wasn't. You're not, you, and you never are a hundred percent when you're playing day in day out by that time of the tournament, but. She was able to unable to stretch out. Credit where credit's due, though, Machova. Um, her story's amazing. Czech player, um, wretched run of injuries, Sat. She was out of the game for about three years trying to recover. She kept breaking down. Uh, and, and Czech tennis just disowned her. Mm. So when she tried to come back, she borrowed money off her parents and then went on a like a crappy satellite tour around Europe and then was starting to lose to the players on that tour yeah. that she used to wallop before mm. she got injured. Slowly worked her way out back and now she's in the top thirty in the world. Absolutely, mate, and and she's going to be a lot higher now after um, the Australian Open. Hey, what about the match between Sitsipas and Rafael Nadal? That was the mate. That, that was is a highlight. A, that is week. a classic. Uh, yeah. To be two sets down to Nadal, one of the greatest players of all time, and fight back. Yeah, and not not do it easily in those last three as well. To to go down to tiebreakers and. Yep. And to be able to play at breakneck hectic speed and be able to hold him out, that's just – it's a memorable win. Uh, the Only the third man in Grand Slam history to come back from two sets down to beat Nadal. Really? Yep. Wow. It's a, an incredible thing. And one other one too I just want to quickly raise. Uh, Serena Williams, we saw her lose to Naomi Osaka on Thursday. Do you reckon that's her – she's 39. She's now played 40 – uh, Grand Slam <laughs> semi-finals. Do you think that's her done? Do you think we'll see her at the Australian Open next year? I don't. I don't know. She's a super freak athlete. She is, isn't she? Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, to make the semi-finals of a of a Grand Slam says to me that she's not doing she's not doing much too wrong. She's not too far away. Mm. So everything would tell you why not. It's, it depends on how many, she, how much she's going to play this year. She may just play the majors. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Olcott, uh, he won yeah. as well. The 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 Is that quad fifth singles. in a row or something like that. Uh, yeah, he's Some won he's won seven Australian Opens yeah. now, mate. Mm. What a little legend. I know, and I just I love when he gets interviewed. He's just this carefree attitude who just embraces everything Australians are about. Mm. I love him. Has the Australian Open? Through COVID, I mean, it finishes Sunday night. Has it been a success? Do you think? Oh, I, I just think any event they were able to get on the on the court, on the field, whatever it may be, is a success. You know, the only people who are critical of the Australian Open were the ones that got knocked out in the first round and thought the quarantine rules were so hard. Now, there are many out there, Jason, many Australians out there that are struggling because family members um, are also struggling from a health perspective, and they watch the tennis and they see tennis players being able to play in these tournaments and mm. and the Victorian government being criticised for making decisions of, you know, financial over health, whatever it may be, and there is a really valid argument to that. Mm. But a part of me also says sometimes we need yeah. we need events also to be able to stay sane, to be able to sit back and watch and admire and cheer and laugh and and 
be upset when your favourites lose and go through all those yeah. range of emotions. I'm upset because it's pushed Married at First Sight out a couple of weeks, but that's on Monday. Can't how, good's wait that? For, how good's it going to be? Come around, mate. We'll have a couple of, I don't know, There's some spritzes. girl in there called Coco. Apparently she's a little bit loopy. Oh, really? Yeah. That's That's unusual. <laughs> right, that's our Australian <laughs> Open update for Kia's Open season on now with match-winning deals. Uh, we're done for Off the Bench for your weekend. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend wherever you are. Uh, we will be back on the radio Monday night. We'll catch you then. Bye-bye.